Inter Podcast. A Tardini turnaround, a buoyant Bastoni hitting Brescia for six and reliving the day Ronnie opened his account in black and blue. All that on this week's podcast. Tifosi Nerazzurri, hello, Thomas Lawrence here of Inter TV, welcoming you back for another Inter instalment with our weekly podcast as we look back on a perfect week for Antonio Conte's charges, back-to-back wins. Plus, we glance ahead to the next week of Serie A action, and there's also some Nerazzurri nostalgia the day Ronaldo got off the mark for the club and that story is told through the words of the man tasked with marking him that day our good friend and also one time inter-defender Massimo Paganin all that to come but for now let's turn back the clocks to last Sunday and the trip to the Tardini well it was a late 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 show from the Nerazzurri Conte's men made to sweat for it at Parma now the Tardini has often proved a tricky ground by far a happy hunting ground for Inter down through the years in fact club's first ever victory in the league only came in 2002 overall it's the Giallo Blue posting a better head-to-head record when it comes to home meetings games at the Tardini with Inter and Let's not forget the side didn't arrive in Parma with morale at an all-time high after the Sassuolo setback, which we want to leave definitively in the past. We don't want to go back and talk about the Sassuolo curse, the Nero Verdi hex. Um, Plus, Conte and Skriniar were both suspended, certainly not helping the team's cause for the uh, matchday uh, Serie A. 28 uh, fixture. Uh, things didn't get off to the best of starts. Gervinho, who on his day is simply unplayable. The Ivory netted the opener, and, and Palmer could have and possibly should have stretched their lead during the course of the opening 45 minutes. Uh, Cornelius, in particular, had a golden chance after being uh, sent racing through on goal by the previously mentioned Gervinho. It was a vintage Gervinho display in the opening 45 minutes, but Inter held on. They soaked up the pressure. They managed to get through to the break, trailing by just the one goal. Now, as they headed into the dressing room, the Nerazzurri weren't met uh, by Antonio Conte. As we've already said, he was suspended for the game at Parma, so he was forced to watch on from the stands or rather suffer from the stands. He was picked down on a number of occasions by the cameras. And you could see he was clearly eager to be on the touchline. Uh, so it meant his assistant, Christian Stellini, was tasked with passing on the message from the coach and delivering the team talk at the break. It had the, the positive effect because after the restart, it was a, a much closer contest as the second half wore on the side were more and more dangerous. But what uh, really started to turn the, the tide in favour of Inter was the changes from the bench. Uh, Sanchez, uh, Moses, Young, all having a, a real positive impact. And of course, not to mention Alessandro Bastoni, but we'll come back to him and, and we'll also hear from uh, the young defender very shortly. But even with Inter piling on the pressure, camped in the Palmer half as we went beyond the 18-minute mark, the scoreline remained unchanged, 1-0 to the Emiliani and it felt like it was going to be one of those nights and I'm pretty sure some Inter fans really started to look over their shoulder because Atalanta are hot on the heels of Conte's men and they'd actually won earlier in the day at Udinese but just as we were beginning to despair and think about the next game whisper it uh, oh so quietly in almost uh, Pazza Inter style 
And with just over five minutes left on the clock, this happened. Parte la traiettoria, calciato sul palo lontano, a cercare l'autoro, colpo di testa, gol, 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 il gol del pareggio di Levrai. Sanchez, dai, che è importante andarla a vincere, abbiamo 5-10 minuti per poterci provare, Moses, dai, attenzione, cerca di andare, rogagnare il fondo, è chiuso, il cross al centro, è gol, 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 il briscola, è gol, è gol, è gol. Commentary there from a very familiar voice, our very own uh, Roberto Scarpini, uh, describing the turning points with two defenders popping up when it mattered most. Stefan de Frau in 84 minutes and then only three minutes later, Alessandro Bastoni completing the Tardini turnaround, uh, the winning goal made by the super subs, Victor Moses with a, a pinpoint delivery and the Bastoni unmarked at the far post, the easiest of headers for the 21-year-old, uh, pulsating the finale. And it's not the first time Inter have put us through that roller coaster of emotions. I think I've already mentioned it. We must do a podcast, even a podcast series on the great Inter comebacks. It's uh, in the DNA of the club that never say die spirit, and it shone through against Parma, bringing her maximum points. So the trip to the Tardini goes into the collection of Inter fightbacks. A massive relief then, even if it left us all feeling pretty drained come the final whistle and come the final whistle obviously all the limelight was on Bastoni he's gone from strength to strength this season he's often kept uh, Uruguay legend Diego Odin on the bench and that's some feat especially night for Bastoni was also facing one of his former employers he enjoyed a very positive a very formative uh, experience on loan last season at the uh, Stadio Tardini with Parma he spoke about his giallo blue past his time with uh, Parma and much more in his post-match interview with uh, our very own Roberto Scarpini let's uh, listen in I played here last year, so I know all about Palmer's strengths and how they play. We know that with our style of play, we're more exposed to counter-attacks, but that's the philosophy that we've adopted, so we have to continue down this path. I've always said that I'm an Inter fan, so it's a dream for me to be here. I've always said that since I arrived. I want the best for Inter and this team, and I hope to stay here for a long time. Bassoni there pledging his love to the black and blue of Inter, hoping to be part of the club for many years to come, and we share in that hope as well. But back to the present, because there was no time to daydream about the future. Three days after the drama-filled victory at Palma, the side were back in action, taking on relegation threat and pressure at the San Siro. Screen again suspended, Brozo, uh, Vecino and Sensi all in the treatment room, but Conte was back in the dugout and ahead of the match he said he would make changes to the side that won in a dramatic fashion at Palma. He was true to his word, Lukaku and Eriksen, two big hitters, both starting from the bench. Conte, in his pre-match interview, had also said his side were hungry for the points. Actually, I think he said uh, thirsty for the points. Assettati di punti. Well, he wasn't proved wrong. His side uh, quenched their thirst and in uh, some style. Because apart from a, a shaky start, affording an early chance to Bresh, it was a uh, stress-free evening for the uh, Nerazzurri. A stark contrast to the uh, Tardini thriller a few days before. Uh, three goals before the half-time whistle. 
Young Sanchez on target from the Paraswa and Daniel D'Ambrosio with a header in the opening 45 minutes. Uh, to quote Antonio Conte, the team kept their foot firmly pressed on the accelerator foot to the uh, pedal. Gagliardini on target uh, after the restart. Candreva coming off the bench, just like Christian Eriksen, to complete the route for a final score of Inter 6. Brescianil, a uh, tennis score. 6 love to the uh, Nerazzurri. Some quick-fire stats now. Inter winning by a six-goal margin Serie A for the first time since March 2017. On that occasion, they hammered Atalanta 7-1 at the uh, San Siro. Interestingly, Gallardini was also on target that day, and it was um, great to see him bounce back versus uh, Brescia. Obviously, it was great to see him uh, bounce back after that miss against uh, Sassuolo. We all saw um, him uh, missing somehow from point-blank range, uh, sending that effort uh, onto the uh, crossbar against the Nero Verdi. But uh, I don't know if you saw his uh, Instagram post uh, recently. Um, looking on the, the, the funny side of the situation, uh, using great humour, an ironic kind of style, saying he's uh, going to be giving away that shirt he used against Sassuolo, a, uh, a cursed jersey, if you like, for him. Uh, good to see him uh, take it on the chin. He's promised that he's going to give that away to a Nerazzurri fan who comes in with the best comment, um, which is nice to uh, see. Humour is the uh, best medicine. But um, back to the Brescia game. Gagne was one of six different names on the score sheet Eriksen capped off the win with his first goal in Serie A having previously scored in the Coppa Italia and the, the Europa League and, and Sanchez was also on target from the penalty spot the Chilean for me has had a real impact uh, coming off the bench since uh, Calcio restarted and he was one of the star performers in the win at Brescia he was handed a starting jersey by the coach and his goal was a bit from the penalty spot just rewards in my opinion he wasn't just on the score, she also provided two assists uh, in the same game. That's the first time he's done that since 2013, going back to his days with the Catalan Giants, Barcelona. So for me, my Migliore in Campo, the MVP, the man of the match. Now, it hasn't been the easiest of stays for him at Inter. He um, underwent ankle surgery at the very start of his Inter adventure, but that appears uh, firmly behind him. His injury woes uh, a thing of the past. He's been linking up really well with teammates. He looks a goal threat, and I believe he could be the difference maker between now and the end of the season. And uh, above all, he's also just another option in attack, which hasn't always been the case this term because of injuries. So uh, Lula, Lukaku and Lautaro have often been obliged to play every single fixture. Uh, a very positive night then for the Nerazzurri and that uh, victory, that big victory, consolidates third spot in the uh, Serie A standings into now four behind Lazio in second, eight behind the league leaders Juventus. In the next round, the Lazio take on Milan and you've had the derby, Derby della Mole with Torino. So Inter will be able to take advantage of any slip-ups um, that may take place in round 30 of Serie A. And talking of round 34, Inter, it's a, another home test back to San Siro, welcoming uh, Sinisha Mihailovic and his Bologna side. Now, first of all, it's great to see uh, Sinisha on the mend after his battle with uh, leukemia. 
He recently said that the worst is behind him. Uh, great news, also because he's one of the many exes of both. Uh, Mihailovic remember him fondly. He closed his playing career at Inter, starting his coaching career at Inter as well as assistant to uh, Roberto Mancini before going it alone in the dugout. His Bologna side arrive at the San Siro after draw with Cagliari, also coached by another ex-Inter man, Walter Zenga, and the Bologna sit just outside the top half of the table. Uh, this fixture last season was a happy one for Mihailovic, a 1-0 victory. Bologna shocking at San Siro in what was the first game of the Serbs' second spell on the Bologna bench. He's back in a second stint with the Rosso Blue. That uh, narrow victory for Bologna last term at San Siro. One of the many dramatic moments in a historic fixture that is into Bologna. Going back to the 60s, there was a, a famous Scudetto playoff between the two sides. There's also a UEFA Cup playoff in the late 90s. But I think for interfans of a certain generation, at least, if you mention Bologna, they will say one thing. Ronaldo's first victims in Serie A. Yes, that's right. Back in September 1997, in his second game for the club, away to Bologna, Ronnie did what he did best, running rings around defences, putting his name on the score sheet and doing his very best to try and stop the Brazilian that afternoon. We mentioned at the very start of our podcast was Massimo Paganin. Now, he just moved to Bologna from into that summer. We recently caught up with uh, Massimo, Mighty Max, over 20 years on from that moment. He recalled the day Ronaldo skipped past him and scored the first of his 59 goals in Nerazzurri colours. I play against one of the greatest players in, in the world ever, ever. So it was a privilege for me. Uh, people some, a lot of time remember me that, that, that goal, that, because it was the first that Ronaldo scored in Italy. But you know, he scores a lot of goals and against uh, the best defender in the world, because there were Turam, Ronaldo, Maldini, Costa Curta uh, in Italy, so he scored against everybody, so I don't mind about that really. He was one of the best players ever, so it, I think he was the, be the, the best, uh, for, for sure, for sure. Uh, in, in that period, or anyway, in, in Italy, they were the, the best player in the world. So they were, um, I played against the Bambastin, Gullit, uh, against uh, Trezeguet, Zidane, uh, Alex Del Piero, Battistuta, oh, lo lots of players, good, very good players, and that um, give you the, gave me the opportunity to improve myself. That's, that's very important. Paganin then looking on the bright side and quite rightly, no shame in being unable to stop Ronaldo. Some uh, high profile defenders down through the years have uh, been unable to stop Il Phenomena himself. Um, one of, if not the greatest forwards of the modern era. And on the subject of Ronaldo, make sure you check out our podcast on Il Phenomeno. And in particular, it focuses on his season with the number 10 jersey in his uh, maiden campaign at the San Siro in 97-98. Uh, that's all we've got time for, though, for this week. Um, next time, we'll see how the side fared at home to Bologna. But until then, grazie, arrivederci, and as always, forza Inter. Inter Podcast